Thanks for listening to Bezier. Bezier is sponsored by Superhigh, online courses for code, design, and product management. Superhigh's courses can be done in your own home at your own pace. I've been a Superhigh student since 2017 and have gone from being a designer feeling alienated by the should designers code discourse to building my own sites and now even selling web design services. My favorite part of Superhigh is the community of learners. As a Superhigh student, you're added to this huge community of all the other Superhigh students. It's filled with inspiring people from all over the world in all different places in their careers. I've gotten work there, I found podcast guests there, and even made in-person friends, all because of Superhigh. It's easy to get started. There's an online code editor. You can do it on your own schedule. There's built-in community of learners. It's got everything you need. Start learning to code, design, or product manage today at superhigh.com. I like to have guests introduce themselves. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, my name is Carlos Sepulveda. I am Colombian. I live in Putumayo. That's an estate which is at the very south of the country, uh, next to the Amazon area. And I'm doing freelancing from there. Before we get into your work life, will you tell us a little bit about what you like to do outside of work? That's an interesting question. So I'm a musician as well. I play the electric guitar. I have a rock band. And I like to spend time with my kid as well, because I'm a father. What is the name of your rock band? Okay, don't ask me why, but the name of the band is Tributo 432. In English, it should be Tribute uh, 432. Don't ask me why. I won't ask. It's fantastic. I, I didn't put the name, so it was like uh, uh, some arbitrary decision of the guys who are like leading the band. And I was like, okay, I'm okay with the, with the name. Just let me play the guitar. So I'm just here to play. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, you know, maybe a great place I like to start is you could walk us through your design career till now. My early days, actually, I'm going to start from the very beginning. I'm an industrial engineer, but I taught myself in graphic design. And the journey was a little long because there is like no guidance or at least I didn't ask or have mentorship about what to do with graphic design and also how to uh, focus that into certain industry. So I have this kind of no linear career path, which I have to take the decisions based on what I like and also what it could work. Uh, financially as well. So it was like a lot of decisions to make. So at the middle of my college time, I did like these side jobs doing graphic design and also, well, basically just editing stuff and creating brochures, creating some presentations. I get to so many kind of low budget, very like low quality projects. Just because I needed to, to work and I needed to make some extra money because uh, my parents could, could just pay for the university, but not for my personal expenses. So I did that and I started doing some research about how to do graphic design by, you know, in a more professional way. So I don't know where this guy whose name is Tom Howell, he's an, an excellent presentation designer. He's from Australia, but he claims himself to be, you know, the best of that field. And also I believe that because he, well, he just can follow his, his social uh, accounts and 
can see the followers from different big companies and also having this kind of authority and also credibility about what he does. This guy approached me like saying, Hey Carlos, I like what you do on your profile, on my portfolio. So are you able to do these short animations in this uh, software, which name is Scribble? And I was like, yes, I can do it. Because at that time I was just saying yes to everything. He literally just sent me the script. And after he sent me the script, I was like so nervous, so like in shock because I didn't know how to use the Scribble software, but he was expecting it to have the job done by, I don't know, like by, by a day. And I was like, I don't know, just browsing YouTube, like uh, doing the tutorials, quick tutorials about that. And at the end I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done with it. I, I'm not going to do it. So I just give it a second chance. Like, okay, I go, I'm going to try it, but without looking at the tutorials. And it worked. I, I just was clicking around, learning the software, and I did it. I did it. I did the animation in a way that was presentable. Then he was like, okay, the job is good. The quality is fine. You know, uh, I thought that you were able to do it in a faster way because you told me that you could do it. I was like, mm, yeah, I could do it, but you know, the, the job is done. So that's what you needed. I did it in the time frame you asked. So everything's cool. At the end, he just took the work and later he just disappeared for a time. And that was the only, like, let's say good payment that I have for the job that I did in a very good time. It was like $300 for an animation. So I was like, I don't know. I was so impressed. Like, Hey, I just got that money in just one day. And for, you know, being Latin American, it is. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but you know, the proportions about, uh, having that money just by one day of work, it is like a life, life changing if you can do that every day. Right. So I was like, Hey, I need to do this, you know, more times. And I was doing, trying to hunt those animations projects, uh, with scribble, but it didn't happen. So I just end up uh, emailing this guy again, like, Hey, do you need more animations to, to do with this software? And he replied like a week later saying that, Hey, I don't have this scribble jobs to do, but, uh, what I do is I do presentation design with PowerPoint. And I was like, what? So PowerPoint is a software to do, you know, that kind of also, because he was, he was showing me some good animations made in, in PowerPoint and I couldn't believe that. So he showed me at the end, like, Hey, this video was made in, in PowerPoint. This magazine was made in PowerPoint. This uh, brochure was made in PowerPoint. And I was like, for real, uh, I thought that everything was just done in, in Photoshop on after, after effects. And he literally just screen shared. He opened the files. It was PowerPoint. And I was, okay, I believe you now. And he offered me like, I can teach you how to do this, but it's going to require some time, but uh, do you have the time to learn this? And again, I, I was just saying like, Hey, yes, I can do it. And that's how it started. Uh, he taught me PowerPoint for around three months. So for free lessons, I don't know why life is like this. Like this kind of offering was super weird. I don't know why this guy had the time to teach me these skills in PowerPoint because but that time, let's say it was like six years ago, and probably you couldn't find too much information in YouTube about PowerPoint about that. 
how to do it. And probably what he knows is not available in YouTube because there are some techniques he used for animation that I couldn't learn. But anyways, so he taught me PowerPoint and also he taught me the principles of graphic design. He just gave me a book from this very well-known presenter, Duarte. So he gave me this book. I read the book and also learned that, you know, presentation is not about how much information you put on a slide. It's about how good you communicate per slide. Yeah, it was very good to, to read that book because of the uh, time zones, uh, because I'm in Latin America and also Australia is, you know, at the other side of the world, basically. So I couldn't follow the path about meeting him because it, the meetings was, you know, in the middle of the night, it was like in 2 a.m., 3 a.m. for me. And I had also to wake up very early to go to the university. So it was like, uh, no way that I could, you know, stand in that rhythm and I end up, let's say, Hey, I couldn't do it. I cannot pursue this anymore because I get graduated from, from the university or I just follow the business that I'm doing with you. So, you know, I prefer just finishing university and then going back to you, but I know that you cannot wait because it is obvious you have to run a business. So I think that the, the, the best for both of us is just you stop, you know, doing business. But the good thing is that he was very generous and he was like, okay, if you have more time later, just contact me again. And well, it basically, it was like an eye-opening thing because I know I end up knowing a new skill and also I, I knew how to kind of run a, sm a small business. And then I have all of the knowledge to just to begin my own journey with a presentation design. So I did that, I started to promote myself in Upwork. It, it worked really well because I could establish myself yeah, in the top tier of Upwork. And I received a good offerings in that, but the thing is probably that Upwork has a very high competition level. So it's very hard to compete with people, even if you are good qualified because the competition is always going to try to get the bids and it was super unsustainable for me just to try to hunt in Upwork that. So I just worked there for two years in Upwork doing presentation and I tried to level up my, my game again and I just heard about Webflow basically. So I took the courses and also Try to follow uh, this YouTube channel is very famous. It is from Rand Segal's Flux Academy. I took the courses. I joined the community. The community is great. And also I consume basically every video that uh, Rand's have because, well, actually I met his YouTube channel in the very early days when he has less than 5,000 followers. So I really like he, the way he presented his knowledge and also his path. I love the videos. I just woke up every morning, like taking my coffee because, you know, being a Colombian also comes with coffee. And uh, I watched his videos. I learned a lot about being a solopreneur and also uh, using Webflow. I just took the, the decision to go into his academy and I learned Basically, you know, the good way to build websites with Webflow. So that's where I am basically today. I just learned that 
and I started promoting myself in Upwork, but with Webflow. And it took like, just, I just remember it was just one week of promoting myself with Webflow in, in Upwork. And I get a couple of jobs and those jobs took me to an outside network of Upwork just by referrals. And it just kept going and going and going and going and going. So I took so many referrals that here I am just living by my network basically. And I try to nurture it every day. I try to communicate with my clients what they are doing. And also as, as I'm going and as, as, as I'm gaining more experience, I'm just trying to level up my, my rates because that's really fair for me and also for my client because he's getting more value and also I'm just getting like, you know, the, the value as well. So for what I know, for what I can provide, because I really, really, really did the job and took the time to learn good practices, uh, good ways to, to build the projects. Yeah. Basically that's, that's my path. So I know there's no linear, <laughs> but yeah. I, I love your use of just saying yes to stuff, even if you don't know it, and then just trying to figure it out as you go along. I was going to ask if, if you feel like that's gotten you into any trouble, but I feel like your first example was like you had 24 hours to turn around something in a tool you've never used. What was that like? Did that scare you to not say yes to random stuff anymore? Or, or was that sort of a proof point to you that, hey, I know the the fundamentals of design. So the tool is the thing that pick up and that's easy for me. Like, where'd you fall on that? It's really hard to say because sometimes you cannot say yes, if you don't know how to drive a plane, if you are not a pilot, you cannot say yes. But if you have, I don't know, let's say 30%, 40% of the knowledge you require to do a task. That's kind of close to the middle point that you are going to be comfortable or in a comfortable position about doing a task. So probably that's what you have to assess with that. But if you're in the zero percent, please don't do it because you are <laughs> going to, you know, to create a mess. You design websites and develop them at Webflow. Can you share a bit about what your process looks like? How long do those products normally take? What other tools do you use to get that done or is it all in Webflow? Well, yeah, so I use this well-known tool Figma for uh, just basically for drafting the ideas and also to put it everything together. It's super cool. Also, it's super fast to communicate. You just, just drop the comments and, you know, you have the immediate feedback from your client or your colleagues. Everything starts with a discovery session, basically, where you just put questions and the questions are not just meant to be just questions. The questions are meant to, to discover what the problem is. And also it really helps to close the gap about, okay, what the client wants, what can I provide? And just to have the, the general landscape in your mind about, okay, so uh, I'm, I'm really understanding what the client wants to do with the website. Or, or at least we're not with the website, let's call it idea or project. So is this the best way to communicate what he wants to communicate in the website? So is this the real path that the user has to take in order to end up in the call to action? Is this, you know, enough information to be clear about, you know, what's the value proposition of the, of the project? So those questions 
are, you know, in this discovery session. And actually is, you know, I think this, this session is, is the most important part of the project because that's where you, you know, put the colors and the clothes and, you know, and the decorative things you put, you know, all of the ingredients before the cooking is really, really, really important. And after that, you know, after the session, the discovery session, and also the content planification, that's where, you know, you came with, with your ability to create something that really, uh, resonates with what you planned and also pursuing that woe factor that the graphic designers wants in every single kind of graphic design piece. That's my challenging part. You know, I, I tell to myself that that's a secondary thing because the most important thing is the planification and this woe part <laughs> is where you prove yourself as a graphic designer. So that's the mock-ups and just trying to, to be happy with your design. Also, I'm learning a little bit that it goes against what I just saying is if you want to run a successful business, probably you shouldn't be spending so much time into, you know, being a perfectionist, but you have to try to follow the balance because if you're good at graphic design, you cannot waste that ability or that talent about, you know, graphic design. So it's really challenging to find a middle point because it, to me, I'm always trying to make things as prettier as possible, basically. And after that is just development and refinement, iteration about content, iteration about animation, and probably all of the add-ons on what their project requires. But yeah, it's basically like five steps more or less to get to a well-done website at the end. What advice do you have to somebody that wants to start doing web design, web development? It kind of depends. I don't know if this, this person wants to do just development or also just want to create like uh, websites from scratch because those are really, really two different paths. So if he wants to be like the best web developer, I really encourage this person to get clear about what HTML is and the good practices around that. It's always very good to, to have that, that knowledge. Go to CSS and also learn everything about that and also good practices. And so on. So you could go to get a JavaScript and then good practices. And also have that implication, this accessibility implication around that because accessibility is a really, really, really important thing. It should be always considered because you are not designing for only persons who have this kind of, how do you say that? Doesn't have the correct ability to, to read like low contrast things in your websites, but also you are designing for countries or for locations that have like low speed connections. So you are designing in, in that kind of accessibility terms. You're not designing because you just try to follow or to pass a mark or to have something that functions and also to be accepted in terms of functionality. You, you try to design really, really thinking about these people, you know, to put in your heart into what accessibility is. So pretty good practices and also accessibility is really important. What about someone more senior? What advice would you give to, or what would you like someone to hear that's been developing for 15 years? Just try to have fun with design. For a senior, losing that spirit, 
I don't know if that happens, <laughs> but sometimes I, you feel like you are not doing anything in those days. Like you don't want to design and probably that's happening to me more often than before. Like ah, I just have to design because you have to do the job, but always try to follow or to try to find some inspiration somewhere that makes you ah, light that spark inside of you about design. So it's very good to just to find a challenging part, like, okay, probably your job or your task or your project seems to be boring at the moment, but try to ask yourself why and try to light that spark. Our community is fantastic. There's so many positives, but there's also negatives. There are a lot of people in our community that spread hate. There's bigotries of different kinds. There's ableism and xenophobia and queerphobia and the patriarchy and on and on. What are your tips for making our community better? How could we fight all of that? You know, being nice to people and being respectful is never going to go in the bad way. You know, be respectful. Even if you say something that probably is rude to somebody else and you perceive that that person is mad at you for some reason, probably you need to just to, to be aware of that, be aware of, okay, what you said and never repeat that. You know, being uh, respectful also just try to be respectful, but also don't be like very hard, hard with yourself because you cannot be quiet at everything because somebody else is going to be, you know, upset because something you said. Sharing ideas in a respectful way is always something that you, you want to do. And being kind is something that, you know, it never goes in, in the wrong way. Even if somebody else is rude at you, if you're being kind, like my father says every time, for a fight, you need two people fighting. So if you're not fighting, so the other person is going to never, you know, is going to be like doing nothing or just doing, you know, noise alone. So that's a very good advice for my father. I always try to remember that for a fight, you need two. That's great advice. Also, like what you said, be nice and be respectful. It's those are messages we've heard since we were kids. It's. It's surprising how many people can forget to do that. Yes, yes, I know, I know. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm not promoting religion at all, but I, I do often read the Bible, and in the Proverbs, and there are good advices about that. It's like, like you know, the soft answer never gets, you know, a bad answer back, something like that. Well, I don't know the true translate translation in English, you know, but. It says something like that. This, the soft answer never gets like, you know, uh, a rude uh, answer back, something like that. But also, also, also what I want to say with that is you cannot be quiet or you cannot allow somebody to respect you as well. You, you want to be nice and respectful, but also you want to protect your principles and who you are too. But being nice and also it's a way to, to give value not expecting anything back and try to, you know, to give your 120% is how you're, you are going to be kind, but also always please remember that you are human too, and you want to be respected too.
I'm really glad you said that because, uh, yeah, being nice is important, but also standing up for your values is very important. Who is one person that the listeners should know about? Tough question. Well, it really depends on what you're trying to, to accomplish in life. And there are, you know, there are different paths in life. So probably you want to listen to a mentor, let's call it mentor or a guide in that path. So probably you're going to need several guides in your life. If you are a graphic designer, well, also really, really depends on your taste, but tastes also have guides. <laughs> well, for graphic design, uh, I will try to follow, you know, probably Ran Segal is a very good way to represent, you know, a very respectful person and also a very talented guy. And also, I don't know, uh, what else can I say about different guides? You know, it's very hard to answer that because it really depends, it depends on many things. How do you find a mentor? I, I think that that might be an even better question to hear the answer to. You have the social media and you, you can use it for, you know, having fun, just, you know, scrolling and doing that kind of thing every day because it's really nice, but also it is a very good source of knowing in real time what important people in certain fields are doing at the moment. So we have YouTube, you, you can just watch your, you know, your preferred artist creating in YouTube. You can just follow his or her account in Twitter, knowing what she or he is saying about certain topics. So you got the information there. You can even, you can just use the hashtags to know what kind of topic people are speaking and try to know, you know, what most of the likes are going and probably knowing, try to know what these people or person is. But YouTube is a great, great, great way to just to see, because by looking how the process is being built, how it's done is, it's a very powerful tool that we luckily have nowadays, you know, we, the young people, uh, have, because, you know, you, you can just go back, I don't know, like 50 years ago, and there, there was no possibility to know what, you know, Paul McCartney was doing something like that, you know? Yeah. So how he was practicing or playing the bass. Nowadays, you can just go and try to look for your artist and just watch his methodologies. What about reading? What what book do you think everyone should read? Well, it also depends, but you know, a really, really, really book that I enjoyed a lot lately. The book is called Story Brand by Donald Miller. Why this book? Because it gives you per perspective about probably how to present an idea or product, even if it is just cook, if it is music, if it is graphic design. If it is a movie, which it is full of examples about that, it follows seven steps, which is true in every kind of advertisement you see in the world, basically. So it's really, really good if you want to know what triggers your internal needs for whatever you're, you, you want to, to get for you. For instance, drinking water is an external need, but being healthy is an internal problem, like being also 
what could be an internal problem? Let's say, okay, a very good example is about being well-dressed. An external problem is that you want to be dressed, right? But an internal problem is that you want to feel good, that you want to mm. look fancy, right? So that book really explains those parts. Like if you want to advertise in a proper way, so what are the key points to to touch, you know, to trigger. So that book is really, really good. Also improves everything about your design, basically, if you are a designer. It sounds great. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting that one. Yes, it's, it's very good. And also it's very short. What's the best way for people to support you? Is it hiring you? Do you have anything that you sell? Anything else you'd like to shout out? Ways that people can support you financially? Not at the moment. I'm glad that people connect with me on my LinkedIn account. So you can follow me. My name is Carlos Sepulveda. And if you look at that, uh, if you search for me in LinkedIn, probably you're going to find me very easily. So Carlos Sepulveda, I'm a Webflow developer and yeah, I'm very active in LinkedIn. Great. Yeah. We'll connect with you on LinkedIn. And also I will put your website linked in the show notes if people want to hire you. Oh, okay. Thanks for that, Zach. Is there anything else that you'd like to share, Carlos, before we wrap up? Well, yes. So I'm very thankful about being here. I really enjoyed being in a podcast episode. It's very good to share this kind of uh, information with, with somebody that has this kind of uh, love for the community, love for sharing with people. And yeah, so I encourage people to, to listen to this and also to share it and spread the, the knowledge because it's a pleasure and also it's very good to, to share things and valuable things with community. Bezier is a design interview podcast amplifying voices in our creative communities that don't already have large platforms and aren't working at big five tech companies. We focus on finding guests from all over the world and representative of as many of us as possible. If you have a great guest idea for Bezier, please email us at inquiry at zoct.studio. That's I-N-Q-U-I-R-Y at Z-A-C-H-T dot studio.